seven previews. We started our second segment with Steelers at Browns. Um, this one was looking like a really mouthwatering AFC North clash uh, in the same week where we get, of course, Ravens-Bengals on Thursday night football. Unfortunately, um, Deshaun Watson has gone down with an injury column, so that takes a little bit of the, the anticipation out of it, unfortunately. Um, but the Browns coming off that big win um, against the Ravens uh, with that walk-off field goal. Steelers, of course, 6-3, and three, finding ways every single week with, with particularly um, impressive takeaways when they need the most. Another one against Jordan Love and the Packers when they were driving down the field to score and take a win. Um, they're now 6-3, and three, and lo and behold, the Browns roll up with, the, with DRT at quarterback, it looks like. They're not even going with PJ Walker. They're going with the guy we thought was, was, was number three, who in his last outing, Put up 120 yards passing, I think, on below 50% completions and three picks, no touchdowns. Um, do you see any way that the Browns can get the win here? Um, it's possible, but it, but it's unlikely. And I think the worry for the Browns is, um, well, <laughs> Deshaun Watson played the best the best football of his career with a broken shoulder. Um, a best football is a Browns career. Um, which is telling of how his Browns career has gone thus far. But he's now, that's an injury to the throwing shoulder. He's had knee injuries. He's had uh, time off for uh, A, wanting a trade, B, um, numerous transgressions. Uh, like, this guy hasn't played re- consistently well for four years. And he's now having more surgery. Like, it. this is this is unbelievable. Like this guy has a cap hit of sixty four million for the next three years. Like, where do you even begin with with what this is? Like, you can't get away from that. Like, I saw some sixty four million and CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. That was that was what they gave up effectively. Like, I I saw some crazy Broncos fan be like. Why is Brock Purdy, um, you know, being considered good as a game manager and Russell Wilson is getting criticism? Because Russell Wilson has a giant contract. That changes everything. You cannot get away from the giant guaranteed contract that you cannot get out of, especially when he's injured. Because player contracts in the league are generally um, only guaranteed for injury. Um, Brian was talking about Frank Reich. Frank Reich will be a very rich man if he does get fired. Um, but the Browns decided in their infinite wisdom to make this fully guaranteed. So you've got to feel a little bit for the fans there and for the defense, which is... I'm, I'm throwing my CV in for that Texas A&M job, by the way. Jimbo Fisher on his $72 million for <laughs> price for failure. The ma- How hard can it be to be a college football coach? Well, if you've seen, the, ever seen the, the infamous interview where he said, like, you know, what, what, what did you say when they told you you were going to be fired? What time do you need me to have my desk cleared? Um, but I, I, you go back, like the Browns, the defense has been playing so well. And the like, it's so difficult to maintain defensive dominance. It's actually easier to maintain offensive dominance year in, year out than it is to maintain defensive dominance. Um, they will make it difficult, but they're they're beginning to be um, banged up on both sides of the ball now. Um, the Steelers have uh, a Kenny Pickett problem, and he's not the answer. He's not the answer long term. He's not it. Um, but they're winning in spite of that, and they're winning because Mike Tomlin does the, a better job than anybody of bringing players together. Um, but they've got to get Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada out of the building. Um, but I just think that they should have enough uh, against a, a Browns team. This will be low scoring, um, but if you were going into a low scoring game, 
like who who would you want you know as your your head coach other than Mike Tomlin in the divisional game where he gets to inflict more misery on a divisional rival in a week where they're reeling a little bit. Brian Aiden, our, our behind-the-scenes guru on the show and uh, erstwhile leader of the picks competition, picked the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. And, and as each week passes, I'm starting to think that he knows something that we don't and, and only Mike Tomlin does because they're almost getting to the stage. A couple more wins and I'll start believing that the name is on the cup here because yeah. w- week after another, things fall for them. Things are going their way. Um, I, I have the Steelers in this one, but I do see a path to victory for the Browns, who can get after Kenny Pickett and and, and and cause serious problems for this under-firing, underperforming Steelers offense. You know, if, there, if there's a defense that can show up, apart from the Steelers, it's certainly the the Browns' defense, albeit they gave up 30 points last week, and we, we shouldn't forget that. Um, I don't necessarily see it, but but I, I, I can, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they did. You know, they're playing at home, after all. It's a divisional rivalry, you know, probably one of the more keenly contested in the league, very close to two teams, albeit that they're only in, they're in two different states. This is the closest game, one of the closest by geographical proximity in the NFL. They hate each other. Cleveland won't want to see theirs to roll into town and, and, and get one over them. Yeah, I don't think you made a mistake on there was the fact that you are, in fact, the leader of our, our X competition. It isn't Aiden. He's, he's selling. Erst, I said erstwhile leader. I was trying oh, to Oh, okay, okay. Okay, I apologize. Um, I mean... This, this Steelers, I just, I laughed at it. I laughed at it this week because I said, right, here we go. I said, I'm sure I'm picking the Browns. Here we go. This is the week. This, for me, is a team that are in a false position. I mean, Kenny Pikachu for 126 yards last week. And I don't think it's been any better for over the course of the season. At some stage, your quarterback has to start winning your game. You can't go the entirety of a season. You know, I know there's quarterbacks game management, but they still fight games. There is games. If you look at the content over the course of the last season, other quarterbacks, there is games. Where the quarterback wins in the game, I've yet to see Kenny Pickett do. Do we do we throw the Ravens game in there as a game he won? Not really. The Ravens, Bellways, <clears throat> excuse me, to lose that. For me, this game is ultimately comes down to who can run the ball more effective. And um, Warren and Harris last week had really strong games, as did Chubb and Ford. For the Browns, they went. I think they went for a combined of 176 yards. Well, if they can get that going, I think it relieves the pressure. Quint, sorry. Hunt, not Chubb. Apologies. Kareem Hunt, yes, and uh, they also have a. I wish Chubb was there. That'd be a great. That would be a great start to the game for them on Sunday. Hunt out forward, hundred seventy-six yards last week. They were effective. If they can do something like that, which is very difficult against this team's defense, it would relieve the pressure on a young quarterback. But I trust. I do trust the Browns' defense more. I think it will come down to a nip-up game, and we maybe come down to a field goal. So I'll go with a low-scoring Browns win. I think they get out of the line say something along the lines of a 13-10 type of game for me. Interesting. You're, you're buying into Shane Brennan's comment there that the fact that the Steelers have that watch party this weekend will put the put the kibosh on them as it has for so many teams. This yes, season. yes. Nothing yes. like the watch you, party to bring down the clouds of doom on your what team. You mean the, what you mean the party's over? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we move on to Chargers at Packers. Um, the Packers column... Um, Lost to the Steelers last week. Another closely contested game. Another game decided by a late pick for the Steelers. I thought the Packers didn't look too bad. And it was one of Jordan Love's better games, albeit that he had two interceptions. Both of them, you know, really good defensive plays rather than necessarily terrible throws by him. Um, Charges, on the other hand, again, also coming off a loss. Took a, took a bad one to the Lions that they that they could have won. Um, they were explosive at times. Um, 
five touchdown drives in a row in the, in the second half and Justin Herbert and, and Keenan Allen really uh, really feeling that connection last week. Is this a, a home stand for the Packers at Lambeau or are the, or the Chargers too much for them to handle? This uh, will, I suppose, a game where you've got two head coaches who will be very disappointed with how season is playing out. I think ultimately Matt LaFleur is safe uh, unless things really fall off. Um, and unless there's a complete ter- change, you, you would imagine um, that Brandon Staley is is going to be out of, of a job. Uh, but they, they did play well um, last week. And um, this is a Packers team they just struggle to to score points and i think if you can score points you can take advantage of this chargers um team because um they have they have problems on, on defense um but i just don't know if like i still say the packers should have looked to bring somebody in um before the the trade deadline somebody uh you know who could a little bit of experience to help out what is a, still a really, really young um, re- receiving room. And I think they're paying the price as well for sitting Jordan Love uh, for so long. Um, I have it as a, a coin flip game, um, but I, I'm going to say that Justin Herbert should have enough um, and I'm going to go for the Chargers to win it. Is it Herbert over Love for you as well, Brian? It is, yeah. I don't see it like that for Colorado. I think this would be more of a convincing win for the Chargers. But all the flaws of the Chargers defensively, they aren't getting to the quarterback. With the exception of two games the season last week and the week one game against two, they haven't hit the quarterback. By and large, they've had a fruitful season in terms of getting to the quarterback in sacks. They're averaging four sacks per game. And I was looking at Jordan Love's numbers this week. He's yet to... Um, in a 300-yard plus game. I'm not necessarily saying he'd have to get that to win this game, but I still think he's going to have to be at the 250 to 300 range to keep up with the Chargers. So for me, it's the Chargers. They haven't won an Ambo since 1984. I think the streak finally ends and they get over the line and win this game. A little bit more convincing than Conor suggested. Yeah, I have to say I agree with that. I, I think Packers, albeit that they, they did look better last week, seven games in a row, I think, where they've failed to cross the 21-point threshold. You know, such a difference from what we've been used to at Lambeau Field over the last 20, 30 years between the, the Favre and Rogers eras. Um, and the pack, the Chargers are one team that you're going to need generally to score a lot of points to beat, um, particularly based on last week's performance. Again, we saw that uh, Herbert back to his explosive best. Um, they do have their problems you know I completely see that but uh, I think this is one where as you say Brian they're going to end that long winless streak I see this being a, being a Los Angeles win on the road uh, Brian we move to your Giants at the Commanders this weekend is there any way that uh, Tommy DeVito finally shows us something because this is not an easy game and um, at the best of times it, it, it it's a tough one for the Giants and it's keenly fought and the Commanders they uh, they have teeth Tough one for the Giants, Keeney Prop, but it always seem to come out the right side of when they play the Commanders. I think they've only lost two of the last 14 games against the Commanders. Always seem to have their number. But unfortunately, it's not going to be the case this weekend because, as you said, the Commanders are still sh- striving to try to get themselves in the mix. I think it was, I felt for them last weekend. I thought they played well enough in Seattle to win that game. I mean, it's for me, it's more interesting what happens next week. Tyrod Taylor has just come off the IR, and it's obviously Giants lose this game 2 and 9. 
what excuse can they use next week not to play Tyro Taylor, which is essentially could lead to victories because they've got some winnable games, such as the Packers and the Patriots to come. But um, they're, they're 10 points. Well, it's, it's the age-old excuse, isn't it? Oh, he's not quite ready yet. Well, if that's the case next week, then we're very much throwing the, the towel in. But um, look, Danny, or Danny DeVito maybe be better off with Danny DeVito, a quarterback, as opposed to Tommy. But Tommy's going to play again this week. And um, I hope the guy does well, because I'd really like to see a quarterback have a game. But unfortunately for him, it's going to be another tough day, because the Giants are missing quite a lot of players with injuries, including the number of them on the offensive line. It's, I don't think it's going to spar like it did last week because we making a little bit of a reaction off last week's game, but ultimately I think the Commanders will, will win this game going away. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's a horrible situation for Tommy DeVito to be in as well where you know there's clearly not a lot of faith in him from the from the Giants coaching staff point of view as well. It's not like they're letting him just go out there and throw it to the Buick. That's certainly not been the case. Um, as you say, it's been such a, a closely contested uh, game and over the years and the Giants usually have had the commander's number, but just don't see how they're how they're going to win. I just don't see uh, how it's possible. Like, the, the, the one thing that might give me hope from a Giants perspective is that the commanders, although they've really played well against all the better teams in the league, they laid an absolute egg against the Bears. That was comfortably the Bears' yeah. best performance of the season and the commanders gave up 40 points, but I think that was a slightly different, um, even allowing for the, the limitations of the Bears' offense, that was a very different scenario to the one we faced at the weekend. I just don't see in any way the Giants are going to put out the win, unfortunately, from your perspective, Brian Collum. Is is there a way that the G-men come out of this one or is a commander's uh, slam dunk? Um, Hanna-Barbera produced some of the, the finest cartoons of the 20th century, Connor. And the gi- the Giants and the commander, uh, commanders as they, they now are, produce some amazing teams, right? So you go back, the, the 86 Giants, the 91 Washington uh, team might be the, the best NFL team ever. Uh, you know, the Brian can also uh, relabel 07 and 11. Um, but this is the, the Pebbles and Bam Bam show. Like, look away. This is an awful spin-off. Nobody deserves this. Um, I, the, the, the Tommy DeVito, you would be better off having a competition. Like, it would be more interesting if the Giants just did a competition during the week and you entered your name and you got to um, to throw the ball. Well, again, you know, if they allowed you to throw the ball. Um, so the best- I've, got, I've got to say, by the way, on a serious note, like, if ever you wanted proof of the Colin Kaepernick blacklist, this, this is what you're talking about. When you see a guy like Tommy DeVito able to take the field, you're like, and they wouldn't let Colin Kaepernick back in the league? But, but sorry, Conor, I know what your, your piece comes in, but there's other quarterbacks out there. Like, I, like, I've no time for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I mean, give you a performance. Colin McCoy is out there. Colin McCoy is just playing for Cardinals up to, the, up to this offseason. Yeah, so he was released to camp. He could come in. He played for the Giants. He went into Seattle and won a game a few years ago. One of our former colleagues, Mark, said, if Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is that quarterback for the Giants to still about win this game. But in fact, Colt McCoy won that game for the Giants. Like, there is still serviceable quarterbacks available that can be brought in on a three or four week window. But we know where this is going. We can all spoof. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we do. Uh, like, the, the Giants, the best, If I guarantee if you said to Joe Shane, um, probably more so Shane than um, Brian Dable, um, Joe, you're going to lose every single game for the rest of the season, but you won't lose by more than um, 10 points. He would absolutely take it right now. 
Um, because now I think Daniel Jones' agent is going to be having um, palpitations because they're going to have to negotiate that. But when I said earlier, the the only team that I think can rival the Carolina Panthers with the number one pick is the Giants. I don't. I, they're not going to put um, Taylor back out there. There's no way. There's a reason they're playing Tommy DeVito. Uh, you know, uh, whose mom makes his bed, t- tucks him in, gives him a hot water bottle, uh, wakes him up in the morning. Feels a lot better for him than his offensive line, what is that? Yeah, apparently so. I don't know why that's a problem. There's a lot of, there's a lot of males in at areas. I would love to go back to those days. Uh, no, this this is the the commanders. This is Ron is is playing for uh, his his uh, career. Uh, because it would be very difficult, I think, for Rod Rivera to get another head coaching role. Um, and, and also Sam Howell wants to ensure that he's the starting QB there next year. Uh, so the, the commanders need this and the, the Giants don't need it. Now, there'll be players the Giants will play because, um, you know, uh, Brian Dable will want to win. But ultimately, the commanders actually really do want to win. Brian Titans at Jags, um, Doug Peterson out during the week talking about how Trevor Lawrence's knee injury is hampering him and hampering their offense. And that certainly looked to be the case against San Francisco, not helped by the fact that San Francisco's D looked back to their menacing best uh, coming off that bye. We saw the Jags five-game winning streak come to an end. Um, Titans, not the worst place to be, or not the worst team to be welcoming if you're looking to bounce back, though. Will Levis certainly doesn't look like the generational talent after that four-touchdown performance in his first outing. Um, and the Titans look a little bit lost right now. Um, i got to say, I'm down on my colours to the mast early here. I think Jacksonville will come out this one. I think they get back to winning ways. Um, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, the Titans were very poor last week against the Bucks team. That's our average at best, let's be fair. Like the last 26, Will Levis was the office game for an Irish part and he's regressed back to you know a guy who's going to come into the league and find it difficult to kind of get himself up to speed and the opening game was very much we don't know what to expect though I and mean, we kind of rightly called them some of those touchdowns were more bombs as opposed to really quite a precise pass and um, it's the Jags for me the Jags have to rebound like you look at the, the seeding in the AFC I was looking at the seeding on a separate podcast like, the Jags are six and three and bearing in mind we've got the Chiefs at home to the Eagles at the weekend which, which could go either way Just, there is a possibility that come Tuesday morning you've got the Dolphin 7-3 the Jags 7-3 the Chiefs 7-3 they're very much still in the race Steelers could be 7-3 as well glad you really have to go there <laughs> um, I thought Colin was wearing his Mike Tomlin um, jumper tonight and Alan is the, is the crucifix there and now we really have uh, but anyway look Jags for me I think the Jags will win and I think people are was the Jags have come out the wrong side of some games I still think they're very much in the race they've got the Bengals on Monday night in a couple of weeks that's a huge game but um, this game is probably a great bounce back game for them what we have seen in the past in particular this division teams on the road tend to find the ways to win which is always bizarre but in this case it's the Jacks for me Column historically feeding King Henry was the path to victory here and you know you must remember that the Jags is, tends to be the game where Derrick Henry goes off and, and produces those big explosive 90-yard runs and those 200-yard games. It looks very much like those games may be behind him and so may the, the, the Titans' status as a feared team in the AFC South. Yeah, but it's up to the, the Jags to actually go out and win it. And um, Hanna-Barbera did a, a, a Super Friends cartoon, uh, which was a, a veritable who's who 
of kind of action heroes. Um, well, Doug Pedersen, it's like super friends because he's decided, whereas Taylor is going to call the plays because that's what Andy Reid did for him. Um, that has to change. He has to take it back. Um, they look so, so flat and they are not creative. And it's just, um, it's going through the the motions, it, it feels. And that's a, that's a huge issue because as you point out, Connor, it can be there for them. You know, this is theirs for, for the taking. And if they don't do that, the Titans can. I know they were bad last week, but divisional games, the tit- there's no reason for able to get them up for it. If the Jags come out flat again, I can see the Titans just dragging them down to, to their level. And ultimately, I don't want to get in a fight in the mud with, with Mike Vrabel um, because he'd shank you. And that's what could well happen to this Jaguars team. I I, I, I understand uh, why uh, Doug is doing this. I, I think he thinks it's for Perez Taylor. He'll get, he's more likely to get a head coaching job. But if they fall here having you know having everything set up and it looked like this really should be their year and they should take um a leap forward um it's going to do more damage to everybody so yes the jaguar should win this um but they absolutely need to um turbocharge that offense and a Jags loss here opens the door for the Texans, who, as we said, are playing the cards. You know, they they could close the gap. They go to six and four if they win that game. It could get very interesting in the AFC South. Yes, we move to Bucks at Niners. Brian, the Niners rebounded really well last week. It was interesting to see Fred Warner in the locker room saying, you know, we, we don't make the mistakes of the past in that locker room after the game. It's one game at a time from here on in, which suggests, you know, kind of, Shades of what we were talking about with the Cowboys earlier, that they had started to look past games and, and started to feel themselves a little bit and believe the hype when they were really rolling and when they'd smashed the Cowboys. Um, they look looked all the better for, for the bye week rest. Um, the Bucks, on the other hand, you know, it, it's 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 not gone well since they had their own winning streak and, and, and were on a bit of a roll. Um, it's, it's Niners for me in this one. Um, what, what's it, what say you? 35-7 last season when Brady was the quarterback there. I think it was one of he's going to break out games. I know he kind of gradually came into the team and hard to see anything under the, that type of victory for the, for the Niners. Are they smelling themselves? Are they the team that are going to smell themselves this week, uh, Connor? But I can see anyone. Like the, what we've seen from the books so far is they're beating teams that are probably out there and they're a little bit below. And when they come up against the upper echelons, they struggle greatly. And that's, for me, that's going to be the case here. The games in Santa Clara, like the, the Niners would have, I think the boy came at the right time for the Niners. They had the three games lost. They kind of got a chance to get back and a bit of a reprieve in the sense of a bit of time off. And it's going to re themselves. Cotton was concerned last weekend around Trent Williams and what you saw, but the boy large, the other players now were back. And this is where we might see them turn the screw in terms of going for that number one seed. And this is a nice game from, you know, to, to come in. Like the book's going to concern me because we're talking about teams tanking or not tanking. Would certainly put themselves in the in the jostling position for a quarterback. Where are the books right now? Because they are a team with the defense they have some, some still have some good players that can beat other teams and they could find themselves getting themselves out of the situation. And as Baker Mayfield really the long game answer, they're one of those teams that right now for me are unknown. In this instance, McCaffrey did score last weekend. I think we'll see him punch the end zone. Yeah. The, the books, as, as Brian said, Colin, in, in a strange situation, it's a handy enough division and, and there is a path out of it for them as there is for every other team in, in, in that division because it's so evenly meh. Um, 
and Baker had times has looked good. You know, in another scenario, they could have taken that one against the, the Texans where Stroud led that famous comeback in that instant classic game. Um, and there's some things they do well. You know, as Brian said, defensively, they still look stout against the run. They've got one of the better run defenses in the league. And boy, are they going to need to front up at the weekend. I think there are a few more terrifying sights than Trent Williams rumbling towards you, blocking downfield, and Christian McCaffrey breaking people's ankles left and right. Um, if you can shut down CMC, as we know, the 49ers offense looks very different and you got a chance. Um, is there any way they can do that? Yogi Bear used to love to tell you that he was smarter than the average bear. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I think, would tell you that he's smarter than the average coach. Um, and he probably is, and sometimes he's too smart for his own good. Um, but the Niners are seriously impressive when they have all of their starters. Uh, they're at home. Uh, Kyle uh, you know, is still stinging, I think, from that uh, the three game skid. I talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, like when he talked about the Brock Purdy pass and how it's going to take him time to get over the touchdown pass because he didn't like the process behind it. Uh, that tells you everything uh, about Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, I think they're going to have too much uh, for the the Bucks. Who, yeah, they have some pieces, um, and in in Tristan Wirfs, they you know, have one of the very best linesmen in the entire league. Um, but they just don't have, uh, you know, outside of Mike Evans, they don't have the horses anymore. And I just don't think they will be able to keep up with this Niners side at home. All right, that's the end of our second.